Welcome to Meet the Anut and Kewak, a podcast where we sit down with Indigenous people who are making a positive impact in their communities and beyond. From activists and artists to entrepreneurs and community leaders, these warriors share their wisdom, their experience, and their perspectives on a wide range of topics. Join me as I dive into the diverse and inspiring stories of these remarkable individuals and learn about the challenges they face and the lessons they learned along the way. This week's guest is Daryl Stranger. He's an OG Cree from Pegwis First Nations in Manitoba. He's a graduate of the radio and television program from the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, or at NATE, in Edmonton. Uh, Daryl put in the work as a reporter until he got his chance as the current role as an anchor and producer at APTN National News. Daryl cares deeply about using his journalistic skills and his integrity to share stories of Indigenous people across Turtle Island. When he's not on the news, Daryl's usually watching, playing, or thinking about sports. His love for sports has sparked him to create Sports with Stranger. It's a sports segment on APTN National News. So without further ado, let's talk to Daryl. Awesome, Daryl. Tonse, it's great to see you, man. Um, I've been really excited about this one. I've, I've seen you for a while, and I've, uh, I've wanted to have you on and just ask you... Uh, seems like you have an interesting gig, an interesting career, an interesting life, so I wanted to find out more, but to start off, can you just tell us a bit about your background, like how you grew up, where you grew up, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Dante and Ian, Michael, thanks so much for, uh, you know, reaching out and, and getting a hold of me. It's always, anytime I get, you know, opportunities like this, I try to say yes, just because it's one of those things where um doesn't come around, you know, too, too often, so it's good, so thanks for, for reaching out, but um yeah i mean i had a, a pretty simple um you know sort of upbringing if you will um i'm from the uh, pegla first nation the largest first nation in in manitoba um i didn't grow up on on reserve uh you know i sort of went back and forth every every other weekend kind of thing uh, i grew up in a small town just outside of winnipeg and uh so i go back a lot and then um you know i still around that environment of, of you know being on reserve and, and sort of having that feel and um yeah i mean just grew up pretty a pretty normal kid playing hockey playing baseball playing all the sports you know and um didn't uh didn't really get into too much trouble you know was just trying to trying to get through be a kid and that sort of thing and uh moved to alberta um you know when i was a teenager about 14 i think it was so moved to alberta um and then went to school there and then sort of had to do that sort of thing in high school and um then yeah that was uh sort of the connection to where i ended up going to college at nate and edmonton um was having to move out to alberta and then being around there but yeah i mean i didn't really uh you know nothing huge in terms of my childhood like i said i was just a normal normal kid playing hockey and and uh, just kind of soak up being a kid as much as i could and and um you know, I would still go back like I said, to the reserve every now and then, so I still had a bit of that component in my life, which was, which was good. But um, yeah, you know, pretty pretty normal childhood. Oh, that's awesome, man. I meant to ask you about the move to move to Alberta because I wasn't sure your name popped up, and I was like, oh, this would be a good question if if that was you. So you were in Alberta. Did you did you play junior B then? Yeah, I played uh, a little bit of junior B in a couple of different cities, St. Paul, and then I, I uh, once I got to school, I played in uh, Fort Saskatchewan in the Edmonton League. So I've played, uh, you know, a little bit of, I guess, uh, pretty competitive hockey out there. 
Okay, no, that's deadly because I seen that and then I was like, oh, wait a sec, that'd be a good question because I played in, uh, well, that was back in the day now. I played in Onion Lake. Um, oh, yeah. So we played against St. Paul all the time. I was a goalie back in the day. So, um, no, that's awesome, man. It's not uh, not a lot of guys I find from that league. It was, I played, when did I play? I was like two, I was like early, early 2000s, man, like 2001, maybe two, one, mm-hmm. two in that. So it's like, yeah, that was when it was still the jungle. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, still, it was still the jungle when I was there. I mean, maybe not as bad as, as, you know, a few years ago, but holy man, that uh, that league is, you know, as, as bush league as it can get, so. Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's deadly, man. Yeah, there's a lot of good times with that one. Um, that's sweet. So yeah, so you're in Alberta. You went to college. You went to college at Nate. Um, yeah. So with with college, like, what what was with that uh, with that career path, or why did you choose journalism? And was there anything uh, specific that really pulled you to it, or did you just uh, was there some girls in the class you went, or what was the deal? No, like honestly, I have no idea sort of how I ended up where I did. Like. Growing up, I mean, I always hated being on camera, uh, was never comfortable on camera. Still, I'm not to an extent. I've sort of grown accustomed to it, though. Um, but so the whole Nate thing, like, I never knew what I wanted to do, you know, growing up and being in high school. And um, my dad's an RCP officer. So uh, growing up, he was sort of my, my idol and um, hero in my eyes. He was always, you know, he, he's doing all, all kinds of different things. But I wanted to be a cop growing up, so RCP. And, he, he sat me down one day and he's like, that's, that's you know, this isn't going to happen. You're not, you know, he sort of gave me the, the whys of, of why I'm not going to be a RCMP. And um, I understood where he was coming from. I mean, you know, the the gist of it is like, you know, RCMP don't really get called for good reasons, you know. So um, so he sort of uh, directed me away from that, which I understood and that was fine. Um, so, yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, being a big sports person, I was like, yeah, how can I sort of be connected still to sports? And um, so I found at Nate, there was the television program, but there's also a radio program. So there's radio and TV, you learn a bit of both. And I was like, oh, I can, you know, I'll do the radio program. It seems cool. I'm not comfortable on camera, so I can do radio and still sort of be connected a little bit. And there's great radio stations, you know, Sirius XM and all that stuff. So I was having these big dreams of being on, on radio somewhere. Um so I applied. Uh, I actually didn't get in the first time, which uh, I guess my video, you, you got to submit a video and, and why you're a good fit and everything. So I didn't take it too seriously. So it makes sense that I didn't get in the first time. So I reapplied uh, a few months later and then got in. And um, yeah, so I got to the, the program and the way they structure it is with radio, TV. You take both first semesters. There's only four semesters. It's a really cool program. Um, so you learn a bit of both first semester and um you know, while I was taking the learning the radio stuff, I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, this is my jam. I'm not really into this. And um, when we were doing the TV stuff, I was like, this is, this is it. This is exactly what I'm looking for here. Like, this is amazing. This is awesome. Um, so I was like, oh, how do I, how do I get into TV? Like, do I have to finish the program, reapply, go to TV? Like, is this going to take me a while? So I asked the dean of the, of the program. I said, hey, can I like transfer? Is that a thing? Because the class sizes are really small. Like, it's 19, 20 people each. And that's like the limit. So they're very, you know, very, very small. Um, and he said, no, like we're, we're all full up. You know, there's, there's nothing we can do. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, damn, okay. Uh, but then it just so happens. This is, I tell this story every time because it's just it's such a unique story. Um, there, was a, there was a guy in the radio or in the TV class, excuse me. And he managed to get a full-time job in an Edmonton radio station. 
so they offered him a full-time job because he had worked over there over the summer so he left the school like the pv program and, and you know started working full-time so the, the spot opened up and i jumped at that and i was like i went to the dean and i was like hey like there's a spot like can is this you know can i do this so this is just after first semester so i didn't really miss anything uh, either way um and he said okay well if you want it then we have to ask everybody else in the radio if they want to transfer and then if they do then it comes down to you know who do we take and so it's going to be a big process if anybody else said they wanted to and i remember getting in front of the class with the dean and straight up he's like does anybody else want to join the television program and i'm like oh nobody raise their hand please like this is uh killing me nobody raised their hand and he looked at me and he said okay you're you're in tv so that was it and it was um I was like, okay, great. So I was in the television program. Uh, and I'll share a little side note to that story. That guy, uh, his name's Aaron. He's actually, I ran into him here in Winnipeg uh, a few months ago. He's working here in Winnipeg now full-time for a radio station. So it kind of came full circle that, you know, if he didn't get that full-time job in radio from TV, I have no idea where I'd be right now. Um, so I'd like to share that little bit of story. So thanks, Aaron, for, for uh, you know, um, transferring over. So good. Um but yeah, so the, in terms of the, the schooling and stuff, like like I said, it's very short. It's like two years, I think it is. Um, so once I got into the TV program, I started doing more things. You know, we have our own uh, news show. We have our own little little news show at the college um, called uh, Nate News Watch. Um, so we're doing active news. And because it's, it's Nate and it's short, it's a polytechnic, like we're hands-on all the time. Like we're working with cameras. We're working... We're going to press conferences with other media outlets, with other reporters and, and journalists. So we're we are our own journalists at that school, which is really cool. Like really cool as opposed to a normal college experience where you're sitting in a classroom reading from a textbook and doing a test and um, all of that, you know. So the college experience that I had, or um, like it was, it was amazing. Like I didn't think of it as school. It was sort of just working. Uh, I guess it could be like an internship. Like, it was really cool just to how they teach everybody and all the instructors are old, you know, journalists, and they know the ins and outs, and they have connections that help us. And um, so, yeah, my college experience was, was great. Like I said, I didn't think it was cool. Um, but during that first semester, I'll, I'll sort of backtrack. I go all over the, all over the place and I'm telling stories. During that uh, first semester, we always get media personalities and people to sort of come in and we ask them questions and that sort of thing it's a, it's a we get other schools from calgary and it's, we make a big deal out of it usually a weekend thing um one of the people we had was jay on right who i mean when i was a kid growing up i would watch sports center uh the score highlights like all of that on loop for like you know three hours and by the time i went to bed i would know every single you know stats and, and everything so i was, I was a huge like i said i'm a huge sports nut still am uh, but I have Jay on right in, you know, the first few weeks of, of me being uh, a college student in that program, it was pretty crazy. So um, one of the things we had to do was read from a teleprompter, which, I mean, it's simple for me now, but as a college student doing that in front of Jay on right with other schools from all over the place, like I said, I still hated the cameras back then. So it was, it was quite an experience. And uh, I always remember he just, he asked me after I was done reading, he's like, uh, do you want a, a Red Bull? And I was, cause he was supposed to give feedback. And I was like, what? I was like, well, what do you mean? Uh, he's like, you're a, you're a stone statue right now. Like you're, um, so he's like, uh, I can get you a Red Bull and do you want to try again? And I was like, oh my God, like Jay on right just said, I fucking, uh, 
I freaking um, you know, I suck, and so I, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty uh, intimidating at the time, but um, it was good. Like it, I worked on that the whole energy thing, and, and um, yeah, so it was just. Lots of really cool experiences at the school, and I have nothing but great things to say about the school and then my experience. And um, as a, as we got further into the program, like I said, we have our own news show, so um, you know we're we're constantly doing all these different things, and they give us a lot of freedom to sort of just do what we want to do as long as we get the work done. Um, so yeah, like it was a year and a half had flown by. We're doing our program, and and everything is all you know working hard, lots, lots of late nights and cool things like music videos. So they really good stuff. Um, but to finish off the schooling, you have to do an internship. Like that's a requirement of the, of the school is a three month internship. So I had no idea where I was going to go because other people were taking up local spots in Edmonton. And, uh, so I was like, Oh man, I got kind of behind the eight ball here. And one of my instructors had said, Hey, have you heard of Nate before? Or Nate, excuse, uh, APTN before? Uh, and I was like, I had no idea what APTN is. Like, what, what's going on there? And um, he said, It's an indigenous news station and they uh, they offer internships. And I was like, Okay, great. You know, indigenous uh, news station, you know, I'm indigenous uh, news, you know, internship. So it was a, a perfect match. And I, I applied to uh, APTN for the internship. I got it. Um, but I had to move, but move to uh, Winnipeg for it, and you know I was totally okay with moving. I'd moved quite a bit as a kid, uh, so I was pretty okay with the idea of moving. And um, so I moved to Winnipeg, did my internship. It was awesome, loved all of it. And um, yeah, so then I finished my schooling, and and that's sort of my whole schooling experience, and then the connection to APTN. That um, that's sort of how that all blended together. So there was a lot of really fortunate things to go my way in terms of you know how i even got into tv in the first place and and the internship with even chan and all that so um yeah in a roundabout way that's sort of uh, how my whole college experience was oh that's awesome man there's so yeah there's so much in that too it's it's funny about the uh the red bull story because uh it happens so much on camera right then you get off and you're mm-hmm. like man that felt good i feel really excited feel good then you look at it and you're just sitting there mr stoic indigenous man your face just nothing mm-hmm. hey just looks like uh hardly i hardly see my lips moving most of the time like oh that is not how i felt i felt yeah. good so you really got to pump it up to uh to even show any kind of emotion on camera but yeah, exactly. um oh, it's deadly it's awesome you got to meet him so early too hey eh, to keep you motivated and keep that uh probably keep that drive going the show it's it's possible and actually get to meet meet someone that's doing it mm-hmm. well yeah and like i said it was he was a guy, Jay, that I watched him and Zane Dan. I mean, every night, like uh, religiously, I would watch, like I said, all the, all of their shows and all the, the sports shows. So I immediately knew who he was. And he is uh, a very tall gentleman. He is uh, very tall. I didn't think he was that tall, but like I'm, I'm 6'3", and I was looking like up at him. So Jeez. he's a really tall dude. But um, yeah, great guy. I actually emailed him um, while I was still in school just for looking for a bit of advice on you know how you know how to do this and when what to look for and um he replied back i mean you just just enjoy the journey like wherever you end up just it's not about the end goal it's you know the end goal you'll get to wherever that is and uh, just enjoy the journey so a really good piece of advice uh and great guy so um yeah really fortunate to, to be able to meet him and, and so many other people along the way too that's awesome man i uh there was another takeaway in that too with uh going back to your dad being with uh being with the RCMP and kind of talking you out of that a little bit and um, 
which is good because you made a good point, right? You you always see the worst in people. People don't call you to say hi, right? When they mm-hmm. when they're working in those industries, so I could uh, or in that line of work, so I could just imagine, especially being a father in that role, and then having your son being like, "Hey, I want to do this." Part of mm-hmm. him it probably pulled him because I'm sure you know, following my footsteps. My dad was a cop. You're a cop. Everyone's a cop. But then uh, then once you see everything and see how probably much it wears him down and stuff like that, it's. Uh, I'm sure he's quite proud to now see you on uh, see you on TV all the time. So that's uh, that's pretty deadly, man. Um, funny about APTN. That's how <laughs> my first one was. Uh, I didn't know about it either. And then I remember what was it? It was I was watching. I was looking on the guide. I can't remember the old Star Choice satellite or something. And it was like mm-hmm. Bingo in a movie. And it was uh, <laughs> Iron Will when he's like dog racing. I was like, holy man, this is my new show. But or this is my new station. This is a good time. But yeah, never laughed so much in my life seeing that. But um, that's awesome, man. That's that's a great, that's a great way to go at things because so many youth. I, I talk to a lot of young ones now, and it's a lot of it, especially especially in uh, native communities, right? Everything seems so far out of reach and so unattainable. But just having people that have been through that journey and hearing your story and and able to get through get through school and school's not this big daunting task or this big. Um, this big crazy monster where all you do is sit in sit in a desk all day and try to do numbers and words that in my mind, you know, they just don't make sense most of the time anyway. So I had such a hard time with school. Um, knowing that there is options out there that, you know, you can do you can learn, but you're learning while you're working, right? Much like an apprenticeship and, and trades mm-hmm. that I I really preach on about with a lot of people as well. But um it's it's awesome that there is options out there for people. Yeah, no, definitely and and I I was never a school person, you know, like junior high and, and, you know, the early years, like that stuff's easy, you know, like you get good grades. And then as I got into high school and, um, you know, into the physics and the chemistry and, and all of these different things, you know, like you said, numbers and, and math and, and, um, you know, like I was never, I just couldn't grasp all of that stuff. You know what I mean? And, and other people can, and that's great. And, and that's sort of their thing, but I was always, like hands-on and, and, you know, sports and, and uh, articulating and, and sort of English was, it wasn't even my strong suit, but it was, I found it better than, you know, all these other things. And um, so I knew whatever I wanted to do, I was like, I, this, I can't do school. Like I can't go through four or five, six, whatever years of school and then have some sort of job where, um, you know, I'm crunching numbers all day or I'm figuring out equations and, and all this stuff. Like that's, that's just, I knew sort of all along that that wasn't really who I was. So um, that helped narrow it down a bit, but uh, when I was looking for something to, to do, but um, even then I, I just knew it wasn't sort of meant for me to have one of those jobs. So um, coming across Nate and um, sort of seeing how, how they do things and uh, like it's a very short program. So it's always, you're always on the go, always different things to do. Like it's music videos and, and going to press conferences and, we had some cool stuff where I could do some sports and try some sports and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that, that was a, a bit of a, a saving grace or, or what, what have you, just in terms of um, seeing something that I was like, okay, this is, this is my jam. This is, you know, I, I'm comfortable in this space. So That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. And like I say, really, uh, really glad that all worked out for you and oh, continuing to, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so young in your career. And so it's such a early, uh, early start and there's a lot to look forward to um so now like now you got a gig now you're host producer at aptn is 
Mm-hmm. Is there uh, is there anything that stands out to you as far as like maybe a memorable story or interview that really uh, sticks out in your mind and has a lasting impression on you? Oh man, you put me on the spot here. Um, memorable story, like I there's so many different stories that that all sort of have their own you know uh, their own significance and and you know every story that we do is uh, you know about most important just who we are and that sort of thing. But um, I always relate to um, I was never super in tune with, um, who, you know, who I was growing up. Like I was never super cultural or anything like that. So, um, when I got to APTN, that sort of opened my eyes as to how bad the problem is in some of the communities or the problems, I should say, when it comes to all kinds of different things. I mean, so many of us know about the issues, uh, you know, when it comes to housing and, and poverty and, and all of this different stuff, but um, I guess I was a little naive growing up to all that. So any story that I do that um, sort of opens my eyes to, to sort of what's going on in our communities, especially when I was first starting out, like I was like, oh, holy, like this is, you know, I, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. You know what I mean? So I guess a lot of the stories that I had done early in my career were sort of sticking out to me the most just in terms of I'd visit a community and I'm like, wow, like, this is you know going on and this is happening or you know the, they're not helping with this and so i'd say a lot of the stories that like i said when i when i first started they really opened my eyes as to um how much i, I don't know um and so that made me want to learn more about who i was and about you know my community and, and other communities and and sort of what the main issues were and um so that really pushed me to, to sort of gain a better understanding of everything because um, when I first got there, I mean, I was just a kid, you know, grew up uh, sort of off reserve and didn't know what fun. I knew it. I knew something, right? But um, like like some people, I just didn't know a lot. So um, memorable stories are for sure the ones that uh, when I had first started, I, I can't specifically name one or, or two that stood out, but um, you know, those those definitely had a had an impact on me. <laughs> that's awesome hearing you talk about that you uh you sound like a dad now that's the part i always get caught in the kids are like who do you like better who do you like better it's like you're all important and I, each mm-hmm. one of you <laughs> yeah each one of you shares a special space in my heart but uh but no that's deadly man and and i know hey because those stories i'm sure especially for a lot of the topics you cover them you have to get quite invested in and really uh really uncover some stuff and a lot of it's uncomfortable too right i mean yeah um you're just seeing seeing what's out there, and it's uh, it's pretty tough. I know even with what I'm doing now, I see a lot of that, and I I have to um, early on with with my new uh, with with all the consulting I'm doing and things. It's uh, I really had to my my rose colored glasses. I say got smashed on the floor, and my uh, my capes all ripped up because I I thought I'd go in there and try to save everybody, and it's just like the harder seemed like a lot of the time. The harder I tried, the more I was uh, getting pushed down. So really learn to, to stick kind of around that and, and figure that out. But, um, but that was, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely awesome for, uh, for your progression, even just as a person, right. To finally maybe get back to some of those roots and see some of that, uh, see where you came from or see some of your past. Right. Cause that was kind of the next question up was really, was, was there anything that you're doing right now? That's, that's kind of connecting you back to your heritage and is there any traditions that you do even in your daily life or is there any practices, uh, now that you're kind of immersed in everything? Yeah, so um, sort of reconnecting with with uh, you know who I am and, and sort of where where we're from. Like I 
uh, I leaned a lot on my family and and uh, you know my my aunts and and uncles and and sort of they're the ones who um, you know 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 about this stuff and they they help me and um, you know I went uh, I was like oh what can I do to you know whatever uh, after a bad day is there something I can do so um, I smudge uh, every every morning I started I started to smudge and then sort of um, you know sort of cleanse cleanse myself and, and the area around me and, and uh, get get my day started in a, in a good way. It's a, it's a super small thing. And even if I'm running late for work, I still, you know, find time to just sort of clear things, clear my head and, and I smudge and pray. And um, that's a, a really good start to the day, no matter, you know, how up top of a, of a morning it could be or whatever. I still try and find time wherever I am to, to smudge and, and uh, pray. So that's uh, a big thing. And um Something that really, really helps is such a small thing, but it, it's helped me immensely um, with with everything. And um, yeah, I just lean heavily on um, sort of even the history of, of my community. Uh, we have a pretty deep history that's rooted in, in a lot of colonial practices, like a lot of, you know, communities, if not all communities. So leaning on them and, and just learning about my own family history, I mean, when it comes to who my grandfathers were and, and great grandfathers and what they went through and um, you know, even my aunts and uncles, what they went through with sixty scoop and residential school and day school and that sort of thing, like not even realizing how much it's impacted my own family. I just was sort of, oh, like everything is fine. It didn't happen to my family, that sort of thing. And just to learn about that and and sort of understand why, you know, there's issues within communities and, and families and that sort of thing. Like again, I had no idea growing up and as I got to APGN and I wanted to know more, so I started asking questions and um yeah like it's, i leaned a lot on my family and still do um and i'm slowly starting to to get there and and i try i'm trying to learn a, a bit of cree and and um you know it's there's no real uh like there's more and more resources which is great to see um there's apps and that sort of thing so i'm trying to just find things here and there and and uh it's a slow process but i'm slowly trying to do that and and just you know uh, uh just small things here and there to, to try and and uh get back to a bit of, of who I am and who we are. So oh, that's great to hear. We're doing, we're doing the exact same thing over here. Um, especially with, uh, with language, I'm trying to get my boys We're uh, at least my oldest, we work together quite a bit on, like you said, on online resources and we're, we're in some zoom classes together on, on speaking Cree. So at least we can learn that together. Uh, my mom's fluent. We grew up, like I grew up hearing it all the time, but I mean, she never taught me. I, I wasn't in the right, <laughs> obviously headspace to, to want to learn either, but now looking back in hindsight, I I kick myself every day like, oh man, I wish I would have learned because I had the perfect mm-hmm. opportunity. And especially now with my uh, with just life and career, it was like, holy man, I could do some damage if I was uh, a fluent Cree speaker, right? But yeah. um, it'll come. But again, same thing with uh, with smudging. Um, definitely uh, definitely a practice in my life and uh, bringing that to my son as well. And we uh, we take it quite seriously. And and going back into into more of that more of that culture and digging into really, I just really want to give that to my boys, right? Because even with her, with my status, I, I married a, I married a, <laughs> a white woman. So, uh, it's funny. My, I got the two whitest Indians you'll ever meet in your life. These gorgeous boys, <laughs> blue eyes, <laughs> light hair, but, uh, the, their status ends with them, right? If, um, if, if they don't, if they don't carry on and, and marry a native woman. So, I really want to give them as much as I can and, and immerse him as much as I can now, especially myself being on in community so much and working 
um, based exclusively indigenous, right? So um, I have a lot of opportunity and I'm very fortunate to be able to speak with a lot of elders and, and learn a lot of different stories and learn from different places, right? Because each community could be 10 minutes away, five minutes away, and it's such a different, uh, everything's different, different practices, different beliefs, different everything. So that's, uh, that's been a really eye opener for me, but um, I'm really, I'm really glad to hear about your smudging. And uh, I guess another, another one with indigenous, I always, I always laugh is, uh, is comedy, right? Or our humor is mm-hmm. kind of the way we, <laughs> you talked about all the kind of a lot of those bad stuff, uh, a lot of the lingering effects of, of, um, of everything that happened in the past. And it's really ingrained in our DNA, but it always seemed that humor was a way to, to kind of, I don't want to say mask that, but definitely deal with a lot of it and get through a lot of it, um, in a healthy way. Right. So I seen, um, I seen you did a, an in focus on, uh, on comedy and you had a few comedians on there and yeah. it's pretty awesome. But how, um, even just in your travels, especially around Winnipeg, cause I know the comedy scene there is quite, it's, it's there. Right. Um, do you see the big importance in that with indigenous side and just in life, I guess in general, but just to find the humor and find comedy. I, I recently, I talked to uh Cadmus Delorme. He's, he was a former chief mm-hmm. of Kaunas and he was, uh, he's funny. He's got, he's got a lot of humor. And then looking back on some of his old videos, he's uh he's a pretty funny cat. And it, it seemed even discussion with him, it always seemed to be the, the, the thing that brought everyone together typically. Yeah, no, definitely, and and uh, yeah, the comedy scene here is, is fantastic. Like, there's so many great uh, comedians, Indigenous comedians as well here, and um, yeah, that in focus uh, on the comedy. I mean, I I loved every second of that. It's so nice to sort of just we do a lot of really hard news and and stuff that isn't you know um, the happiest. So to do something like that and to have you know Stephanie Pankowitz and um, uh, all all these names are in my head. I just can't think of them, but all all the Indigenous comedians are they're so good. And yeah, a, a lot of them said the same thing. Like, you know, these, these things happened and, and we can, you know, acknowledge that, but we can also start to, you know, that's sort of, you know, our healing journey, that's my healing journey or, or, you know, in terms of using comedy to sort of bring light to that, but also to, to you know, it's, it's part of, of healing and, um, you know, all the communities that go to, I mean, indigenous people, we just like to laugh and, um, like I, I can't say how many you know community members or chiefs or council members uh, I've talked to, and you know we're just joking around on the side before you know we get to a serious conversation or um, you know setting up an interview and when we're laughing about something and, and making little jokes about something and um, you know I like to to make a, a joke here or there just in in my own life and um, my family we love to joke around and anytime we all get together it's just a big laugh fest and it's like a it's like we got our own comedy festival and we're sharing stories and you know adding little twists to the story and um like i uh i always say i have my city voice and then i i have my res voice um so when i go back to uh to pegwitz it's always uh i never really noticed it because i'm just around family and that's just who i am but um i brought uh, a friend and, and whatever back and and they were like um like why are you why are you talking like that and I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, what, I'm talking normal." And they're like, "No, no, like your 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 voice changed. Like you're you're saying things differently." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Uh, so then I started to. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess I do do that." And then I get back in the city and I'm using my normal sort of news anchor voice and, and regular voice. But when I'm back home, I'm I'm a little more loose, and uh, I guess I, I I get back to my uh, my roots a little little too much. Um, but it, it's great to sort of just laugh and and you know have a good time. Um, laughter is medicine. 
<laughs> that's daily to hear. Yeah, you got to turn off. My E's get real drawn out and mm-hmm. uh, start going on. Oh, that's awesome, man. And I, I feel the same way, especially now because I spend so much time in uh, in communities. It's uh, it's pretty funny. It takes like two minutes and it's instantly on. We just uh, and get going with guys. But um, and it's got me in trouble too. I get a little bit too comfortable sometimes. Like wait, wait, I'm still a professional. I have to uh, mm-hmm. have to rein it in sometimes. But um, I guess maybe just one last thing on, especially on the media side, like with everything you're seeing, especially being on, um, being at APTN, being in Winnipeg, like, is there anything just on yourself, like personally that you would want to see as far as changes in the media for, for any kind of coverage on, you know, indigenous communities or issues, or is there anything more that we can do? Or is there anything, um, maybe is there a hole somewhere that you see? Um, I don't know if there's a, a huge hole, um, you know, necessarily. It's, I did a talk uh, not too long ago with a, a local college here in, in Winnipeg about decolonizing journalism. And um, one of the big things was, um, and, and I, this isn't my uh, topic, it was actually Duncan McHugh at first sort of came out with... Uh, with a book and, and one of his points, he was a former CBC journalist and he's now at uh, Carleton University as a professor, I believe. Um, but one of the things that Duncan had said, and I use this all the time, is in the media, we need to be storytellers and not story takers. And, you know, it, it might seem like, oh, like, what's, what's the difference there? Like, well, you know, what's going on? But how it used to be is, you know, all these white journalists and all these non Indigenous journalists would sort of swoop into communities and, and whatever was going on, they would sort of take that story, leave, do the story, and you'll never hear from them again. So they're taking that story from the community and, and going away. And um, one of the things as, as, you know, being in media and, and being a journalist is um, for me, like these are, I'm sharing somebody's story and I'm sharing, you know, um, uh, something very personal to somebody most of the time. Um, so for, they're sort of using me and APTN as a medium to get that story to the broader audience. And, and that's something that, you know, I don't, I don't take lightly. Like this is, I'm just trying to think of it. If I had something to share and I'm, you know, putting it out there to the national news audience, I want it done right. And I want it done proper. Um, so I don't take that lightly. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, I hope most journalists think of is, is like, this is somebody's life. This is somebody's story that we're taking. And um, yeah. So with the storytellers and not story takers, it's, Something as simple as um, reaching out to the community. Um, anytime I go into a community, I try to reach out to chief and council and say, hey, um, you know, we're looking to do a story on this. Um, is it okay if we come into the community? Even if it's not, we're not speaking to the chief and council, because you're speaking to a community member. I try to just be like, hey, we're, we're coming into the community. Is, is it uh, okay if we come there and do the story? Here's what's on. Um, is, is that okay? And just, you know, sort of related them a respect that hey we're going to be in in your territory we're going to be doing this story is that um okay so i try to do that uh on most occasions if, if we're going in community um and just yeah even doing something is you know going to um some sort of ceremony uh whether that be uh you know staying around for the pipe ceremony or the water ceremony or or just being there and being present before all the you know the press conferences begin or or what have you it's um it's just one of those things it's, it's a lot about respect too um and there's a lot of there's a lot more of, of journalists going in and um telling these stories as opposed to taking these stories which is great to see and there's a lot of indigenous journalists really wonderful indigenous journalists 
all across um, you know Canada and and in the United States, there's ICT uh, today. I think is their website ICT. Um, they're basically, I always say, they're they're like the American version of um, APTN. So they do really great work down in the United States. Um, but yeah, like there's no real. Oh, we just need to keep having these stories told and keep telling them in the right way. Uh, and if a, in, if an Indigenous journalist can tell those stories, then that's always a little better because um, there's that lived experience and there's that understanding of of why the story is so important. Um, but other companies are starting to starting to do a, a good job of covering these stories in the first place. Um, you know, APTN used to be the only one to cover, you know, CFS and how many Indigenous kids are in CFS care and how it's sort of the new uh, epidemic. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but the new sort of thing with, with Indigenous children. And um, you know, there's so there's more and more of these uh, mainstream sort of um, companies covering these stories, which is great to see. Uh, and we always need attention on these. and just a matter of keeping it going and not sort of pulling back on these stories. We need to keep the pressure on. And uh, so far it's, it's going in a good direction, but you know, we're still always needing more indigenous journalists specifically. Um, and it's uh, journalism is, it's not the easiest thing, but it's a super important, um, you know, career and, and uh, a great way to, to share the stories and sort of connect a little bit with who you are too. So there's no, I know you asked about if there's something we can work on, if there's a hole anywhere. I don't really see a huge gaping hole. It's just a matter of keeping, you know, all these holes filled with, with content and with doing things the right way and with telling these stories and, and um, you know, sharing, sharing all of this with, with the greater audience. Oh, man. There's there's so much in there that's, that's so good, uh, especially the respect part. I really like that you do that. And as, uh, well, just personally and probably as a company as well, right, to – to really touch base with with chief and council or anybody that uh, that you are coming to their territory or coming to their community to speak, and like you say, not necessarily to them, but at least you're mm-hmm. you're uh, you're showing that respect that hey, we're coming and we just we would want um, like your blessing or like to say that it's okay or at least giving the heads up that you're doing that. Yeah, um, that, that's really important. I guess that's a really good lesson for anybody that is going to any kind of community. is really important to touch base with somebody there to, that they know that you're coming and. Um, it really just, it's a massive sign of, sign of respect. And I'm glad that you're, uh, I'm glad you're doing it. And the stories that even just come off of that because of the stuff you do, it, people open up a lot more. It's not like, who's this guy coming to, you know, coming to look at us now is someone that, that really generally cares or wants to, uh, wants to help support and, and carry on. Right. So that's deadly. And I did want to touch base too, because you said we need more indigenous journalists. Is, is there any kind of, uh, I know we talked about your, your schooling, but is there some advice or anything that you have for, for the younger ones that, you know, maybe wavering, don't know what to do, but if, uh, if this could be a career path or this could even just be something to dip, uh, dip their toe in, is there some, some tips, some tricks, some, anything that you, uh, that you have out there? Yeah, I'll, I'll put my best uh, salesman hat on and try to sell you the, the car of being a journalist. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, for, I, I speak, uh, I, I'm starting to do more speaking engagements and, and emceeing and stuff. And, um, I mean, I, I know exactly what it's like to be these, you know, these kids that have no idea what to do. And, um, being a journalist, like it's, um, it, it's challenging for sure, but it's also super rewarding just to see, um, to see the, the work that you do and any stories that you share have an impact either on that, on that person or, on these communities or on, on the greater audience. I mean, um, even just in my own life, like 
I share these little little stories about you know what happened in the past, or or share this person's story, and even just amongst my own my own friends and family, it's like oh like whoa, or, or you know like wow, I didn't know that was a, a thing, and just to sort of see the gears turning of, of you know they're they're thinking about it a little, you know, and they're um, these are non-indigenous uh, people sometimes, and just to see the gears turning a little, and, and to get them thinking about a different perspective or, or how how things work, I mean that's to me, there's no, there's no greater thing than that uh, to, to sort of see that they're at least thinking about, uh, you know, like I said, a different perspective or how the story is or, or why the story is that way. And they do a little digging on their own. And um, But yeah, if, they, if there's anybody out there who is like, oh, maybe a journalist is, you know, how we do it. And um, I always say that, like, I do this um, for, for my own reasons. And obviously, I know I have uh, a little bit of, a, of an impact on, on those that are younger. And um, without our younger generation, I mean, there's sort of there's there's nothing to, to do this for, you know. Like if if I knew that nobody was going to be doing this after me, then there's really no, you know, what's what's sort of the point in, in doing that. So I know um, I know somebody else is going to be coming along and then sort of carrying on that that tradition of of being able to to share stories and we're storytellers and um that's sort of who we've always been as a, as a um you know sort of in, in my neck of the woods and, and who we who we are like we're storytellers you know we we share stories we've always shared stories whether it be written or, or oral or whatever like we we share our stories so um to me i'm sort of keeping that that sort of tradition going and um it's just really impactful work and, and rewarding work to to be able to to do something like this so um, I know that probably wasn't the uh, the greatest sales pitch in the world, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's super rewarding and impactful to to be a journalist, and um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I didn't anticipate being one, but after you know, sort of being in this role for a few years, I I just can't see myself doing doing anything else. <laughs> hey man, that's good. That day it might makes you want to sign up. I don't know. They can uh, take applications for old guys, but. Uh, but no, that's deadly, man. That's, that's awesome to hear. And, and you nailed it with, uh, with storytelling, especially passing everything on right with orally or written and, uh, and just sharing those stories. And I, th- I feel like a lot of that has to get out there a lot more and the more journalists we can get out there, especially indigenous ones with the right, uh, with the right mindset and the right, the right, um, just the right feelings and the right, the right approach and just wanting to make the difference, right? And wanting to help support. I think it's uh, it's not going to hurt anything. It's just going to get those stories out there more so that they don't they don't just end at certain people, right? I know mm-hmm. sitting down with a lot of elders and it feels like they don't have a lot of people to listen and they're just happy to happy to talk, right? And they yeah. don't have a lot of people to talk to right now and it's just those, those stories are kind of ending with them, which is a shame because there's so much beauty in that and especially in our past and our heritage and there's so much so much there that we really forget or we don't see all the time because we're just kind of bombarded with all the negative and uh and all the hurt that we see right and picking up the pieces we forget that uh come from a very long line and strong people and beautiful people and mm-hmm. and generally peaceful people right obviously you had to be a warrior you had to fight when you had to fight but generally uh generally pretty good just stay away from my very picking spot and i'll leave you alone right but um but no that's awesome man so with uh <laughs> With anchoring, with news, I know it's it's probably a pretty big job, and I know you probably have a lot to prepare for. But like, what do you do? Like, what does Daryl do now at, at the end of the day, or like to relax, to unwind? You have kind of some hobbies or activities or anything like that? Yeah, um, yeah, it gets pretty hectic. For uh, I mean, sometimes 
days are super hectic and sometimes they're a little more chill or they just any job. Um, but there's always a little window for about an hour, maybe two hours before the show where it's okay. We got, you know, this is coming in. It's going to be late. We got this story coming in. Okay. We got to change this, change that. And, and so it's, it's cool to, I should start doing more. I did a little behind the scenes video, um, but I should start doing more little things to show people sort of what goes into, you know, being an anchor. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I'm lucky enough where I'm, I'm close enough to work where I can sort of walk, uh, to and from. So that walk to and from, uh, is always sort of a, a nice little, um, few, I think it's 10, 10, 12 minutes or whatever it is to wind down and just sort of get out in the, in the fresh air and, and sort of walk around. And I'm where I am, it's super, you know, uh, the exchange districts, so there's a lot of really old buildings that I always walk by and you see signs of when the building was, was made and that sort of thing. So it's a really good way of, for me of winding down. I like to just get out and, you know, even after I get home, if it's stressful and I get home and I'm still feeling stressed. So sometimes I just go for walks or drives or I'll drive somewhere to walk. You know what I mean? Like, I just like to get out in nature and, and um, like any indigenous person, I think, uh, I just feel more comfortable being out in nature and on the land. And, and you know, I love going home to Pegwitz and just sort of walking around in the trees and, and you know, in the, um, just out in the bush and go, you know, just be with, uh, be with the land. I mean, that's sort of my, my calming zone. So anytime I feel super stressed, I'll, uh, Either I'll just smudge, uh, and then I'll just go go for a walk and get out in the air and just sort of you know breathe the the clean air and or you know, cleanish air sometimes. But um, but yeah, like I'm I'm pretty simple. I still like to do a lot of sports. Uh, I signed up uh, for a little summer hockey, like ice hockey, um, which is good. Those this year is is a bit tough. It was my first time skating since I last played junior B, which was like six years ago. So. A little bit tough to, to get the legs back under you, but uh, yeah, I signed up for softball. Um, trying to do uh, my family is really my my cousin and my uh, uncle specifically. Like they're artists. Like they are. That's how they they make a living is they do art. And um, so I, I don't really have that artistic touch, but uh, um, like I can't even draw a stick man. Like this is it's really bad. But to see some of their work, I like to go out and, and just try and you know see different art. Uh, art pieces and, and that sort of thing got really good good stuff here and um so I'm, I'm pretty simple like sports and, and uh being out in nature and, and that sort of thing is, is kind of my my go-to when it comes to you know trying to wind down after especially some days that are really really busy so um, yeah and then some a few tv shows and, and what have you like like any other person but uh yeah, those are kind of the, the main things oh that's cool man there's uh like when you say you're you're in, I don't know Winnipeg really, but you're in kind of like the older part then, and a little bit more historic, and, and there's a little yeah. bit more uh, lot to look at and things like that. Yeah, like every like the building I'm in, um, like a hundred years old or something like that, and and all of these buildings were built like you know nineteen something or eighteen ninety something, and um, so it's, I think the official title is like the historic exchange district or something. So every building you look at is just brick like it's all just old brick and you can just look at it and be like this is old you know so uh all these buildings have been repurposed and and what is great for um a lot of cultural things and, and that sort of thing just with um being where we are and, and sort of the history behind you know with the treaty being signed here and the metis and all this stuff there's a lot of really cool cultural things to, to do here too which is uh, great to see and, and great to go out and do sometimes 
Cool, man. Is when you're out and about, like, do people recognize you now, or is it still uh, you're still able to fly under the radar a little bit? Uh, it, here and there, I like it's a comfortable amount that I get recognized. Like, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not Brad Pitt and getting recognized and, and everywhere. Uh, you know what I mean? So I'm like a D or E list uh, or whatever the list, however the list goes. But uh, it'll just be the most random times. I could be at a, you know, in, in standing in line at Tim Hortons and somebody's like, hey, you're the, it's always, it's always you're the guy from APTN, right? It's it's never you know, oh, hey Daryl or, or whatever. It's, it's always you're the guy from APTN. So, um, like a there's always a hey, and then I sort of look at them and just to see who they're talking to, and then make eye contact. You're the guy from APTN, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, anytime I'm doing uh, like a speaking engagement or something, then obviously it's it's a bit more uh, a lot more people sort of know who I am and photos and and that sort of thing. And um, I was in Toronto not too long ago. Um, but I had, I had a, a wonderful, sweet old, old woman, uh, an older, and she wanted me to uh, sign a book, uh, but it wasn't my book. Um, uh, like, I can't remember who the author was, but, um, she wanted me to sign the book and I, uh, I just said like, Hey, it's not my book. You know, I, I can't sign the book for you. Uh, if, if I wrote it, then I would, but, um, still took a, you know, gave her a big hug and, and, you know, we're, uh, I'm a hugger. So if you want to hug then yeah, I'll you know, give you a hug or handshake or whatever, but. Uh, a, a fun little story is um, she'd recognize me and, and her eyes kind of got big and I was like oh yeah but, uh, so it's always cool to sort of chat with people and then have them recognize me and, and just say you know hey how's it going um, thanks for you know watching or, or whatever whatever it is but um, yeah it's it comes here and there it could be you know I could do two three in a week and I could go you know months or two months and then somebody in a different line or I'll be walking into a building and somebody's coming out and oh hey you know like it's Super random. It's it's always the most random time. <laughs> you touched on a you touched on a really good point where you uh, where it's not like hey Daryl right. It's like hey that guy. Mm-hmm. What uh, could it get real? Uh, we'll get deep on you, but like what's what's that like for you? Has it been a tough transition of? I don't know if you lose, maybe you don't lose self or anything like that. But you're you know like you just sit there like hey no my name's Daryl I'm a, I'm a regular mm-hmm. person you know I'm not just like hey guy. Um, is that, is that interesting in, in your own mind or is there anything to unpack with that? Like, what's that, what's that like for you? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think about it too deeply. I mean, I can never remember the names of anybody I meet. Like I could meet somebody and I I will literally have to get them to like say and spell their name. So I have it written down somewhere. Uh, cause if I don't no idea who they are, uh, which is terrible to say. And I feel awful admitting that, but so if I forget people's names, that's just common. Um, but no, like it. I don't find any, uh, you know, ill will or, or any hard feelings or anything like that. I mean, they recognize me, you know, so that's, uh, I would say, you know, they recognize me. And, um, a lot of the times, like it's, it's not like my name is plastered anywhere, you know, on the, it's sort of just at the beginning of the, uh, show. And then it's always just my face and, and my voice, you know, so, um, I don't feel too hard to, towards anybody. And I just think of, I probably wouldn't remember, you know other people's names if i saw them a few times on tv and i'm like oh who you know who's that actor who's that you know so um i don't i don't take it too personally it's uh fun to be recognized uh sometimes <laughs> that's a good point man every time as you're saying that i just like i just picture sitting there trying to drink some gravy from kfc or something it's like leave me alone leave me alone <laughs> uh no, that's awesome, dude. Well, uh, I just want to be again mindful of your time, but like, what's uh, what's the future hold for you? Like, what's uh, what's this looking like, or is there uh, anything in the works right now? Um, 
Nothing uh, too crazy. I'll uh, I'll be going to NAG in uh, about a month here for the North American Indigenous Games out in Halifax. Um, I'm part of a small team he begins sending out there, and it's uh, you know so many just amazing athletes doing their thing. You know, you have canoe and archery in the uh, some of the traditional sports, and then you know, things like baseball, softball, uh, soccer, all these different things. So best uh you know sort of young athletes in north america like america and and uh canada and uh i forget where else all of these athletes are from but uh so i'll be there in about a month in halifax for a week or 10 days or something covering covering this so uh uh it's good to be sort of a sports guy in the office sometimes so i get to experience stuff like this but um other than that yeah i'm just uh working away with uh with our new show and trying to you know have my own get my own sports thing uh, going again. It's sort of a lull right now, but I'm still always looking for sports stories and, and try to do the whole sports of stranger thing. Um, so with in focus and, and regular news, it's uh, just trying to find time for that. And uh, so get the, the sports content out to people. And, and other than that, yeah, I'll just be working away. Um, I don't really know what the, uh, you know, if there's an end goal or, or what that end goal is, but uh, like, like uh, Jay said to me, it's just sort of enjoying the journey and, um, well, I'll just be working away trying to trying to be a storyteller and um, yeah, and really looking forward to Nag though. Nag is gonna be a really good time and be surrounded in that sports environment for a week or whatever it is is, is gonna be so fun. That's awesome, man. I had I had so many friends and stuff uh, participate in that, and it, it, they they always came back with uh, with deadly stories and their jumpsuits and everything like that. So uh, I'm sure mm. it'll be exciting times, man. Um, so yeah, I guess of all, well, lastly, really just. How do uh, how do listeners stay uh, stay up to date with yourself? And is uh, is there any way if if they do need to get in touch with you, they can? And yeah, so I uh, I mean you can uh, always watch APK uh, National News every night at uh, at uh, six Eastern, uh, five five Central. Uh, we're always on on all the social media channels, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. So um, you can catch me uh every other night on on there um and then uh, yeah i'm on most of the social medias it's just my name daryl stranger on you know all the social media stuff i'm not a big social media person so you know you won't see me tweeting every every day and, and about topics and stuff which i mean i guess i could get into a little bit more uh doing that but um yeah and then you know all the instagrams and linkedin everything is just my name i kept it really simple it's not uh, you know name number and or you know all this stuff so um, that's the best way. And if somebody has a story or they just want to chat, um, you know, they can reach out to me at my work email at uh, dstranger at uh, at aptn.ca, dstranger at aptn.ca. And um, yeah, if you have a, a story to tell, you reach out to me and uh, see if we can make something work. And if you just want to chat or whatever, then uh, I'll do my best to accommodate that. I always like just to, to listen sometimes. Sometimes it's all, all people need is somebody to listen. That's great, man. Well, again, I really appreciate your time and uh, thanks for this. And I look forward to uh, to what the future holds for you and uh, continue to watch you up on the, up on TV, man. It's awesome to see. So keep being deadly and uh, I'll talk to you later, dude. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much again for the invitation, Michael. Thank you, Miigwech. Thank you.